When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Rhodes and recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. Yo, welcome into the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It's Wednesday, April 26th, and the NFL Draft gets started uh, tomorrow night down in Kansas City. I'm actually going to go Friday night and watch the second round of the draft in Kansas City. One of those things that... Uh, Connor Ferguson, man, you don't. When would we we ever have another opportunity in our lifetime to go see the NFL draft? You know, I don't know any time it's in Chicago or Minneapolis or. But it's in Kansas City, home of the Super Bowl champions. I don't know. I feel like it. Uh, you know, it's an easy drive. It's much easier than Minneapolis. I don't know. I guess they're all the same, aren't they? I, I guess I could same. have two other opportunities, but those. It's already been to Chicago. I think a couple years ago. And then I don't know if it's been to Minneapolis yet, but I'm sure they'll be one of the next ones to be able to get it. Uh, but then it'll be like 30 more years, you know? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, Minneapolis has that new stadium. Uh, they need to show that off. They're a successful franchise. Their fans know what they're talking about. Usually when I meet a Vikings fan, they know what they're talking about. I've ran into a lot of T-Wolves fans and Wild fans the past two weeks that are just buffoons, put it simply. Man, you're going to war with uh, Minnesota. I hate them right now. I know you do. I, I know, know you do. One week and a half. Believe me, I know you do because you bring it up every 10 seconds how much you hate the Minnesota Wild. I understand. They're my biggest rival in sports. Oh, man. All right. Well, we're talking about the NFL draft now. Uh, obviously, the big storyline for Iowa State in this one, Will McDonald uh, right on the edge of uh, you know potentially being the the first uh, first round pick for Iowa State in 49 years, well, 50 years, I suppose. And uh, he's projecting. Where did Mel Kuyper have him today in the most recent uh, big dra- uh, big board? The most recent ones I've seen him going at 25th and 26th. Uh, that 26th pick is uh, to the Cowboys, I believe, that came from ESPN staff uh, mock draft, and it's going to come down to. You know, if a team wants to take a shot there, what team is it? Um, who ends up trading in and out of the first round? Stuff like that. Like the Cowboys pick, like they're pretty good on the defensive side at rushing the quarterback in, in all the strengths that Will McDonald has. So I I don't know if the Cowboys would do that, but obviously if someone from ESPN thinks they might, then they might. And it's just going to be the waiting game, you know. Uh, every Vikings fan sits there on draft and we're Vikings guys. And, you know, you wait to see if they take that quarterback you want them to take and they, they probably won't. 
Uh, and if they do, you're pleasantly and genuinely surprised. So I think you're the you only Vikings me. fan. You're the only Vikings fan that's wanted them to take a quarterback in the last couple of years. I'm just going to be honest. Okay. All right. I'm a Case Keenum guy through and through. We'll talk about a different podcast here. Jeez. Uh, no, but I, I think Iowa State fans have should have pretty good hopes that Will McDonald goes in the first round. This is probably the best chance they've had, uh, aside from a couple of exceptions, um, at getting a first-round pick. Obviously, that 50-year streak is – people recruit against you with that stuff. So, to have one and to show that off is pretty big for Iowa State. What uh, – who's got the 25th pick? Um, I believe – it might have been Carolina. Hold on. Let me double check just to make sure I know. Read off those last handful of picks. I want to know who who these teams are that could potentially pick him. I know I saw at least in a couple of mock drafts him going to Kansas City uh, with the 32nd pick. Yeah, and I saw one with him at 31st. Uh, so starting with the Vikings at 23, uh, 24th is Jacksonville, 25th is New York, 26th is Dallas, uh, then Buffalo, Cincinnati, New Orleans, Philadelphia, Kansas City uh, with the 31st. Hmm. Man, that would be cool if he went to Kansas City. I just got a feeling he's going to. Yeah, and it's it's possible. I mean, it, I, I honestly think, like, you look at the options, especially late in the first round, and to get Will McDonald into a team that is coming off of a playoff run, like, that's the most exciting part to me. Uh, and you look at the Jets right now with Alan Lazard and Brees Hall on a dynamic offense with Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, that they've probably had the best offseason to date of any team in the league. So to see these guys going to places where their impacts can be seen and they can be utilized, I think, is the best aspect for that. So you're going down Friday yeah. to Kansas City, right? There is right. a glimmer of hope that you might see Xavier Hutchinson. Get oh, you think so? I've seen a couple mock drafts at high fourth round. And if you're on the edge, if too many receivers go, if someone noticed his senior season and said, I want to go take a chance on that guy. I think you have the smallest glimmer of hope that he might go late third. It's the second and third rounds, right? On Friday. Yeah. But I think okay. every mock and I've looked at seven or eight that I've looked at has him somewhere in the fourth round. Okay. I think anybody who gets him in the fourth round is getting a great value pick. I'm going to be completely honest. I, yeah. I think that that's a guy who's going to stick on a team and is going to be an impact player in the NFL. If, if Xavier Hutchinson is not an impact player in the NFL, I would be very, very surprised. Are you doing the Mel Kiper thing right now? What? Where he said, uh, who, who was the Notre Dame quarterback that he said, if this guy doesn't end up having a successful NFL career, I'll retire. No, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm just saying I'm actually probably doing many steps down from that. I'm yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying knowing what I know about X and seeing yeah. what I've seen of X play, he has those same tr uh those same characteristics of the kind of guys that you know could stick in the NFL, you know, and that are going to actually make an impact on their team and not just be, you know, like get a cup of coffee and then they're going to be out. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely think he's got staying power in that league. I mean, you look at everything he did his senior season and just kept going to work, and you can point at him and be like, oh, he came up short in this big moment. And it's like in the grand scheme of things, like do you know how many plays he made to get to that big moment? Dude, he saved Iowa State's ass so many times. 
Yeah, there's Xavier a lot of those, ass. I mean, a lot of those games, it's like, it, well, the game wouldn't be close if Xavier Hutchinson didn't do what he did in the first right. three quarters. Right. That's why he was an All-American. I mean, that's why he's one of the best receivers in the country. You know, like he was – and that's – there's just certain guys, and especially Iowa State's had a couple of these guys that that come out into the draft that it's really hard for me to not sit there and just say, like, man, just turn the tape on. Turn the tape on, and you'll see what this guy need, this guy can do. You know, and Alan Lazard was one of those guys. I was shocked. You know, it's the same thing. Like you're shocked when Alan Lazard doesn't get picked in the draft because it's like that guy did everything that you knew he needed to do to be able to stick in the NFL, you know, and the people that had like big question marks about him, it felt like they just were, I think that there's even some of that with Will McDonald where people have seen so much of this guy that they almost overthink it. You know, how do you not look at that guy and you're like, yeah, this guy's an impact player. I understand his size and all those kinds of things. And that might make it to where he can't be an every down defensive end in the NFL. But man, I have not seen many people who, when it's third and long and they're lining up on, uh, on either side of the defense, you are 100% confident that that guy is going to get to the quarterback in some capacity and is going to make that guy's life hard. Don't, it doesn't matter how many people you've got blocking him. It doesn't matter. And that's what I'm saying. Turn the tape on Xavier Hutchinson. It didn't matter how many people you had chasing after him. If you got that ball to him and you got it to him on time, that man was making the catch and he was making the play for you almost every damn time, almost every damn time. Yeah. And that's the thing that kind of stinks about, it's not like a problem in the NFL, but like with draft coverage, people, talk about this guy's undersized. This guy needs to put on weight. This guy needs this. And it's like, you don't think when they get to their teams, they're going to tell them how much weight they need to put on. And like, mm-hmm. they're going to go out and do that. Like, right. We're I mean, overthinking it. Your drafting is a project. No one is going to weigh the same as they do when they go out for the NFL draft, as they do in a year, if they're still on that team. Which is the point. Like that's the point of how you develop players and how and why the best franchises are the best franchises because they have the ability to do that. Yeah, it just bugs me that we I mean it's like it's like the hand size thing. Yeah. Like how many measurables do we need to look at here before we just say, like, let's watch the man play football? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And I think it's one thing with quarterbacks because of everything that goes into that position. But I think it's another thing with some of these, the, I mean, like wide receivers to an extent, wide receivers are kind of a dime a dozen because there's a lot of guys that come out at that position, but man, you know, a good receiver when you see one, you know, you know, a guy that's like that when you see a guy that's like that. And, I, and that's where, uh, I just, I'm not saying that X should be going higher than the third or the fourth round, but that's why I say he's a, if you're picking him in the third or the fourth round, like you're getting a great value pick at that point. I would say that and Anthony Johnson, I'd say the same thing about him. That's a guy who's shown a lot of versatility that he can play, uh, can play corner. He can play safety. He can play in the box. He can play out of the box. He, he's not scared of the physicality of any of those things. And he's got the length. He's got the size. That's a guy that if you pick him up in, in those later rounds, it would not shock me at all. If he's playing on your defense for 10 years, you know, yeah, the interesting thing about him is uh, for Kuiper's rankings, he rated kind of all the 
uh, prospects for the draft class. And while Xavier Hutchinson was higher uh, than Anthony, Anthony came in as like the number 13 safety, I want to say. And Hutch was like 18th as a receiver. Um, obviously, like more positions available um, at different spots, but he's not very far out in terms of the best defensive backs in this draft class. So I think that could be something to look for as well. He, he can't be like, man, I just, I find it hard to believe dude. Like I find it. You said there's 18 receipt. They have 18 receivers ranked higher than X. 17 ranked higher. Or 17 ranked higher. 18. Man, that's just, that's another thing where it's like, I don't really believe. Hard to believe, man. It's hard to believe. There's 17 receivers better than him. Yeah, read some of these guys. Do you, I'd be interested to re- know some of the guys and like their statistics, you know, compared to his. Because his statistics have to be crazy in production. Like, that's just, look at the production and look at what this guy's done. And like, what more do you need to see? Well, uh, at number 13, they've got uh, Charlie Jones, comma, Iowa. Oh, man. They have I'm him coming out of I'm Iowa? Questioning, I'm questioning the v- validity of this report from ESPN. I was going to say, considering he's a he's a Purdue guy. Yeah. No, that's uh, you're completely correct. Um, we go back to it. So you got Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State. Uh, Zay Flowers from Boston College. Jordan Addison from USC. Quentin Johnson from TCU. Uh, Jonathan Mingo from Ole Miss. That's the top five. You want to keep going? Jalen no. Hyatt is seventh on this list. I find that <sighs> insane. Another guy. Turn the tape on. Although, I don't know if I've ever – Jalen Hyatt must have stunk last year because I, I've never seen a player that got more wide open than that guy did. I mean, he was so wide open all the time that that man must stink as bad – stink like high heaven. No one wanted to stand next to him. Like, that's the only way that you're getting open like that, man. I don't know what the deal was there. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know – who all put those together. I don't think it was just Kuiper. It might've been, let me make sure. But, oh, this is Todd McShay. This oh, is Todd McShay. This is, yeah. We got to respect the OG. That's fair. I won't take a flyer on any Ole Miss wide receiver though, until they have one that really, until they have a hall of famer. Since Laquan Treadwell happened, I can't in good faith draft ever take my team draft an Ole Miss receiver. And I'm not trying to argue like that anybody should pick X or even Anthony, you know, first or second round or something like that. It's just like, if you're picking that guy, you're getting a good pick, you know, like I, I feel confident that you're going to feel like you got good value out of your pick. The upside with Anthony is he's one of the few guys that has experience in power five football playing two different positions. I think mm-hmm. that goes a long way. And when you're doing a tiebreaker at the end there with you know, your final three options ranked like ninth through 13th in defensive backs. Like are you going to take the guy that's played both positions or uh, maybe a different guy that specializes at one depends on what you need, I suppose. But I think that's uh, at least one aspect from Anthony that could really push him. I wrote about this uh, on Monday for Monday musings with the, what the significance of Will McDonald being a first round pick in the NFL draft would be. What, what do you think? Do you think it's more about just ending the embarrassing, like, you know, the embarrassing tweet it's been 50 years or whatever like that since Iowa state's last first round pick, or do you think there's more significance to it than that? I mean, talk about the Cyhawk arguments. We could settle. Yeah. 
I mean, I, that I stuff's think, just you know, I, um, like, without without being funny about it. I think it's really big for recruiting. Um, you know, like I said earlier, you're going to have teams that say like they haven't had a first round draft pick in 50 years. You, you sure right. you, you sure you think that they can put you in the NFL? Uh, I think I think you somewhat in that. I mean, they can also just double back and say one in the last 50, but you know, to break that streak, I think would be really big uh, in terms of the things that people probably say against you in recruiting uh, and you get a to-do list to knock yeah. out each one. That's probably the one on the top. Yeah. That's really the last remaining like bad statistic for Iowa state football. Yeah. You know? I mean, if you're one of those people that buys into the 10 win season deal, I don't really. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's a double digit number. Uh, but I don't really subscribe to why 10 would matter more than nine. That one you feel confident will end at some point, you know, like the, the first rounders one is just, that one is so bad because it's had, there's been so many schools that have produced first rounders, you know, like if it was just the 10 wins thing, like how many schools get 10 wins really very consistently anyway, you know, like Iowa, how many 10 win seasons have they had You know, in this, in this span, you know, I'm sure it's a lot, but yeah, I'm sure it's quite a few, but for Iowa state to not have one is like, I'm sure there's a lot of others that have not ever had well, one. The big, the big 12 is in the big 10 West Jared. You always have to remember that. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and then who do we all think for, uh, undrafted free agents, uh, MJ Anderson, or, MJ or is he Anderson, someone that we think could go day three? Uh, he seems to be a day three guy. Obviously some of those guys, would rather sign a UDFA um, mm-hmm. just because of how contracts work and stuff like that. I think there's a chance he goes day three. Um, and then obviously Orion Vance uh, is on the outside looking in as well. Um, and yeah, it's, it's kind of the case, the entire draft, you're just waiting and seeing how things flow, who needs what position, uh, who's going to like this guy over another. Um, and of course, all the interviews they did uh, in the process leading up to this. So, all right, a couple other pieces of news that we are going to touch on here before we sign off. Uh, two women's basketball commitments from the the players that left Iowa State. Lexi Donarski goes to North Carolina. Danae Fritz stays in the Big 12, goes to Baylor. Uh, first of all, what do you think of Donarski going to North Carolina? I thought that was interesting because, um, you know, in college sports in this transfer portal era, we've kind of seen this a little bit. Um, but you're – ultimately recruiting against everybody, especially when you're playing someone uh, to, for someone to go to a school that you played in the non-conference. I, I guarantee those coaches were impressed with Lexi Donarski uh, against UNC. And that's how she played that game. How'd she play in that game? Do you remember? I don't remember off the top of my head, but I can certainly look it up. I'll look Danae, it up. Danae Fritz going to uh, Baylor. Um, that's a tough one. You never want to see a player go in conference. Um, and she's going to be a force for a couple years to come. Uh, there's not really a positive to take away from that one. Lexi didn't play poorly in that game, but she didn't play great. That was their first loss. That was in the, uh, championship game at the, at the PK 85 or whatever it was, the PK tournament. Yeah. I'm surprised a little bit, but I still, you know, you look at players on a body of work aspect Mm -hmm. and they needed a shooter and they went out and got theirs and 
Baylor plays tough basketball and they went out and got a tough, tough basketball player in Danae Fritz. So we'll see how it works out. Iowa state's additions. I don't know if we've talked about them on here. Yeah. Uh, his now looks really fun to watch. It's another member of the international pipeline and playing a post down low. Uh, something that of course, all Iowa state fans have wanted to see, got to see it in Stephanie Suarez. Uh, and it's probably unfair to compare his now to her uh, just because of how dynamic and different Stephanie was. Uh, but it's really good to get an experienced post presence and see what she can do. I'm excited to see, to see what she can bring to the table. What were her numbers at Sac State? I think it's 20, 20 something game. I think no, it's 15.5 a game scoring. Uh, and I think 9.8 rebounds, if I'm remembering that right. Okay. She had a she had quite a few twenty point double double performances. That's where the twenty popped in my head. And she's six five, right? Yes. Yeah. So okay. What's the and then tell us about the other one, the Truman State transfer. She's awesome. You know her energy just from uh, the interview I did with her. You can tell like she's always got a smile on her face. You can tell she's one of those kids. And forty seven percent from the three point line. Have you ever heard of a college player shooting that? on either side. Oh, I'm sure it's happened before. Throughout, but like, I mean, think the last five years. No, I mean, that it's certainly rare. Like there's not many of them. Right. Yeah. So I think if she can hit anywhere close to that at Iowa state, they're going to have a really dynamic shooter for Emily Ryan to throw the ball to and a really dynamic pose for her to dish it into. So I, I, honestly, so far a complete win in terms of the additions Obviously, uh, the departures are always going to suck when they're that uh, high profile, but a really good job by the staff uh, to salvage what they could so far. How many spots left? I think there's a a couple at least. So in women's basketball, it's different in men's and women's, but from what I could find, and I'm pretty confident about this now because I've tried to look it up multiple times and there's not like a definitive article that has the answer but it looks like in women's basketball, you can use 15 scholarships. Uh-huh. So like, I think Mary Kate King's still on scholarship and they still have at least a spot open, let alone, I think two. Okay. Okay. Well, keep us posted. I know you will. Uh, as always here on cyclonefanatic.com. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Peace.